Happy Friday, MCs. I'm Marcia Cork, and welcome back to Ooh, Those FMC Words. We switched it up the past two weeks, didn't we? I have gotten all types of messages <laughs> and questions about the Changed Ever After episode and the Marriage Reset episode. Initially, I was going to kick off today's show with that feedback and answer some of the questions that you guys had, um, you know, specific questions that you had for me, questions that you had that you wanted the um, other women on the panel to answer. But instead, I decided to hold off and compile all of those questions, all of the, all of that great feedback and put it into a future relationship episode. But what I can tell you is the men's perspective is on the way. The planning is already underway as we speak. So yes, we'll be discussing what changed ever after looks like from the male point of view or when dating a woman who's divorced or separated. All right. But today <laughs> I'm getting back to some good old entrepreneurial inspiration. I'm talking with Kimberly Smith, who is the founder of the Marjani Beauty brand, Marjani Beauty Company here in Washington, D.C. So looking back, Kimberly Smith was the black beauty brand movement. She was among the first to give visibility to the few Black-owned brands that existed five-plus years ago. She started her beauty and cosmetics company online with just 12 brands. And today, she has a physical space in the heart of downtown D.C. with over 65 brands for Black and brown people. Let's get started. All right. Well, we are going to jump right in. I'm going to have you introduce yourself. As I was saying before, I like to give listeners a variety of different ways that people introduce themselves. Mm-hmm. So. Sure. Um, so my name is Kimberly Smith and I am a full-time attorney and a full-time business owner. Um, my in my attorney life, um, I am a healthcare attorney working on a corporate side. And in my business, I am the founder of Marjani Beauty. And Marjani Beauty is a beauty boutique that is located in Washington, D.C. And we have a tightly curated selection of black and brown owned beauty products. And um, in addition to that, it's not just a retailer, but it also serves as a space where women can not only shop for beauty, but they can learn about beauty. They can also network and find community. Okay. So expand on that a little bit more. Tell me what you mean by tightly curated. Yes. So when I started the business, I wanted it to be something I didn't want it to be like beauty supply, right? So beauty supply has its own lane. But when we're shopping at a specialty retailer, say like a Sephora or Alta or something like that, Mm -hmm. that is a different shopping experience. Like you're going there for your makeup, you're going there for, you know, skincare. It's Mm -hmm. a different experience. And so I wanted to create that for us, for us by us concept. And so when I say that it's tightly curated, you know, it's not about having everything in there. It's about really selecting 
brands that speak to the same ethos as Marjani and the mission that I am trying to celebrate and highlight and spotlight the beauty of black and brown women. Um, so I'm choosing products and brands um, that help me to do that. And so when you come shopping, I don't want it to be an overwhelming experience. I want it to be something that looks like it's catered to you, like looks like it took time to choose the products that are there, um, give you enough options so that, you know, you can still, you know, have fun and try and, and play. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want the customer to know that everything is intentional. Okay. And it definitely does that. You definitely achieved your goal. That's exactly how I felt coming into your launch a few years ago. Yeah, I was I was impressed. I mean, impressed for so many reasons. And it's exactly why you were one of the first people came that came to mind when I started, um, you know, brainstorming the different ideas and episodes that I wanted to have for the podcast, because the podcast is about confidence alongside Mm -hmm. having the confidence to, you know, start a business. So mm-hmm. you just represent so much <laughs> of what I want people to to see and experience. But but yeah, the the shop does exactly that. Um, boutique. I, I want to call mm-hmm. it the right thing. Is that what yeah. I should call it? Yeah, boutique? yeah, exactly, exactly. I love that it it feels like and and correct me if I'm wrong. It feels like there's a rotation of merchandise too that you aren't always going to get the same products and the same brands represented at any given time. It's a little bit of that. So, you know, when it comes to certain staples, like, you know, like in, in in our own beauty collections, there are certain products that we have that are tried and true Mm -hmm. and we don't want anything else but this. So when it comes to certain categories, you know, like skincare and hair care, I do there are some staples there that um, some brands and products that customers from the beginning have loved or in the past five years have been, you know, products that customers have grown to love and they, it is part of their regimen. So those brands and products I do keep, but then of course, you know, you have to stay fresh. So I am always adding um, new brands and new products to the assortment. And so I will swap out some things either because, you know, no one's really into it. I might be the only one who likes it and mm-hmm. can't build a, bu- a business off of that. Right. Um, yeah. Or if it's something that might be a little bit more trendy. So you might have that in for maybe like a season or something like that. So I do a little bit of both. So, you know, you can continue to, you know, re-up on that, on your favorite cleanser. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there might be, you know, a, a serum that you might want to try or a new lipstick, um, if there's new foundations coming out. So it's, yeah. it's cool because it gives me the flexibility to to still be out there shopping and to find something um, where I feel like like I'm putting the customer on to something new. So I'm able to kind of do both. Okay. Okay. And that makes sense because there's nothing worse than adding something new into your regimen, getting mm-hmm. used to it, and then it's not available. Yes. Uh, listen, yeah. that is my worst <laughs> year. And, you know, as a small business, you know, my when I think about, you know, who the competitors are or who, like, where is the customer shopping? Um, And, you know, where she's shopping, 
I have to, you know, make sure that that experience from everything, like not just the customer service experience or not just, you know, the vibe of the store, but also, you know, to be technical, to make sure that I have what they're looking for. And so Mm -hmm. I can't drop the ball like that, you know, like that's the... It's the worst thing. Like, okay, look at this small business can't keep this or it's always sold out of that, you know? So knowing that that's a hurdle that a lot of small businesses and a lot of black owned businesses too have to deal with. I want to make sure that, um, you know, I'm not doing that. I want to make sure you have exactly what you need. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, tell us more about the process. So going into the business, I I know you're an attorney and we're going to circle Mm -hmm. back to that as well. Mm -hmm. How do you make that shift? How do you go from attorney to beauty and cosmetics business owner? Well, um, I don't know if I don't really know if I've made the shift because I've been doing I mean, I did take a, a break where I was working the business full time. And I would tell you that really came because I had to, like my plan Mm -hmm. going into starting a business was to continue to work full time. I started Marjani online first, um, about at this point, a little, little over five, five and a half years ago. And then almost two years into running the online business, um, I, had a business partner and we came together to um, share this physical space. And even then I still wanted to work full time because um, hello, it's expensive. (laughs) and It's a lot to, you know, go from, you know, getting that regular direct deposit to basically like you eat what you kill. That's, that's a hard life. It's a hard transition to do. But you know what's interesting? And I I don't mean to cut you off, but we've heard so many stories of people who make that shift. I remember the owner of Cake Love. Do you remember Mm -hmm. Cake Love here in the area? I do, yes. An attorney and decided to start baking cakes. So it's it's it seems to be when people make that shift, is it Mm -hmm. just burnout for attorneys? I don't know, but it's interesting. So I I didn't realize you were still a full time uh, attorney. So I am. And I would say for me, it was, it was like kind of like the perfect storm of what was going on in my career. So I, I mean, I enjoy what I do on, on, on the legal side, because I feel like that I'm able to use a certain, that part of my brain, which Mm -hmm. I like, right. But the business is different, completely different. (laughs) And so I'm able to use other part of my brain and to be more creative and to like, you know, learn all these different things that I would not do if I wasn't running a business. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think for me, like what the, what the moment was like, okay, I'm going to do it. It was, I, it wasn't that I was burnt out. It it was where I was working for sure. The environment had become, um, it had become a lot. (laughs) And, you know, as, as a black woman, a lot of times you know, we're in spaces where we're the only one who looks like us and mm-hmm. we do it so often and we do it well to the point, you know, we don't think about it a lot, you know, it just mm-hmm. becomes second nature, right. but then sometimes it catches up to you and it becomes overwhelming and it starts to affect, you know, your, 
mental health and everything. And Mm so I feel like five years ago, it wasn't, I mean, we're talking a lot more about like self-care and now it's this whole thing with like soft life and all that. Well, Mm -hmm. we weren't really saying that much out loud five years ago, but I know for sure I was over it and over the place that I was working. So having that going, going on and then, you know, having a shopping experience that, of course, we've experienced before where we go and we might be looking for a foundation and the store doesn't have it or they don't have your shade. A lot of us have experienced that before. It was a combination of that. It was like me just feeling like I was so just frustrated at work. Then you hit me with like, okay, you don't have my shade. Like, hey, what's going on? Like, it literally like happened around the same exact time. Okay. And I remember walking out of that store that day and thinking like, okay, I'm in DC. How is it that, you know, in DC as a black woman, I can go into a store and find products for me, not just, you know, one product. So, Hey, if you had that one shade open, great, but no, like I can actually shop and try on different things. Like, why mm-hmm. is that not my experience? Yeah. Uh, and it was that day that I decided like, okay, well, I think it should be like, how cool would it be to have, you know, a, a boutique that catered to us? And that was, I would say probably like August or something like that. Okay. By January, the following January, I launched the website with about 12 brands at the time. All right. So still working. I think at that point I started a new, a different position at a different employer. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I was starting this, this, this new business, I was starting to kind of like lean into like, oh my goodness, like what would it be like if I actually like took this serious and really did this full time? Okay. And that was the start of it when I launched a website in January. And then I spent that whole year doing pop-ups around the country and just just try to see, like, I mean, would y'all shop at this boutique if I had it? Like, is it a good idea? I think it's a great idea, but I don't know, like, if it's really a good idea. And so I did that. Where were you doing the pop-ups? I was doing the pop-ups um, in New York, Miami, Atlanta. I did a couple beauty like fests in LA. Um, and when I would go, I was selling these products. I would <laughs> haul up my, all my products, set up look, set up shop, you know, shut up a cute experience depending on where I was. And the response was overwhelming. It was, I mean, custom. I mean, we wanted to see this. And so I realized at the end of that year, like if I'm going to take this seriously, I definitely want there to be a physical component to this business. Like that's the only way that is really going to fulfill that, that desire that I had, you know, back in the summertime, Mm -hmm. it would have to be a physical location. For you know, women to truly experience to try it. it on, to mm-hmm. match the shade, all of yes. that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, come in, talk to someone who, you know, one is going to see you, you know. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, it's going to be a different type of energy when you walk into the store, you know, understand some of the issues you might have with with beauty and allow you to be vulnerable because beauty is, is vulnerable. Like you're going in sometimes and you're trying to either fix or cover something that you might be insecure about. So mm-hmm. when we go into spaces where 
we're not seeing. I mean, it's just, it, it's almost like a microcosm for what we experience, you know, mm-hmm. in the world generally. But like, that is definitely an aspect. Um, and it's like, to me, in my own little piece of the world, at least we can start to create these small spaces where we don't have to depend on others to affirm us, you know? Yeah. yeah. So you're doing these pop-ups, you're representing about 12 brands. So Mm -hmm. you're taking their brands. How visible are they at this point? How visible are those brands at this point? So that's another cool aspect about the business is that, um, you know, five years later, I have about 70 brands. But, Mm -hmm. you know, when I first started and now, I have, you know, discovered some brands that at the time were not in large retailers. So... Mm -hmm you know, as I'm out here hustling like this business, this whole new business, I'm also hustling on behalf of these brands that a lot of, you know, a lot of women had never heard of before. (laughs) And so it's, it's very risky. Now that I think about it, I'm like, what the heck was I doing? (laughs) Um, But that definitely was a challenge um, because, you know, we are so loyal to brands Mm-hmm. Um, so for me to come out the gate with brands that a lot of people that have never heard of before, it, I would definitely say it was, it, it, it was challenging for sure. But mm-hmm. part of the mission, the mission was I only wanted to feature brands that were owned by people of color. Okay. So off the top, that's going to take out a lot of the brands that we may have become accustomed to. Yeah. So, but I knew that, you know, there's a, there's a lot of us out here making amazing products that can stand with, or even, I mean, might even be better than a lot of the products that we're using. Um, And five years later, I mean, we're starting to see it more because, you know, bigger retailers are taking note, but Mm -hmm. There's just so many amazing brands, you know, in all different categories, you know, from, you know, the high end all the way down to the more accessible. So, yeah. Yeah. So how did you find them? So you said this is about five years ago. Yes. Instagram, where are you finding? So I was just, I I would Google like black owned makeup or something. (laughs) Um, I also in January, like the year that I launched 2017, I went to this beauty festival and it was, it's kind of like a little, a conference uh, or expo where mm-hmm. brands go to, to be matched or to look and network with buyers. So when I went to this expo, I made a beeline to only at the time it was only like black owned brands. It wasn't a lot of others, but I made a beeline to only the black owned brands. And I think out of like maybe over a hundred or hundreds, it was probably like 10, less than 10. Okay. So I would say a a majority of the brands that I started with, I met at this expo Mm -hmm. outside of um, just an online search. And (laughs) I didn't have a business plan or anything. I had like a a one pager of this idea of like what I was going to do. And for the brands that I didn't meet in person that I reached out to that I found online, I just sent an email and said like, hey, this is what I'm trying to do. Uh, you know, would you be interested? And that is how I started initially. Now, the good thing five years later is that 
now brands, you know, they seek me out too. So it's not mm-hmm. just me out there. We're like, damn, it's, it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I still do my own search because I love to discover um, new brands and just kind of, you know, sometimes, you know, everyone can get lost in, in, the, in the IG rabbit hole, but um, I, I love that. So I find brands myself now, customers might recommend brands. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot, I would say now are brands that are reaching out directly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause at that point they're really taking a chance with you. Yes. Yes. Brand established. They have a following. Um, they're mm-hmm. probably direct to consumer. Yeah, so, like, who is this person? Exactly, <laughs> sending me an email. Yeah, like, girl, <laughs> what I do you try to do? Like, <laughs> okay, but that, yeah, that is really, really great yes. background. So, where do you feel like your background as an attorney helped with that? I mean, helped with your credibility, helped with the amount of research, the level of effort that you could put into, um, you know, developing this concept. I would say, yeah, there are definitely some aspects for sure. You know, like I said, like, I didn't have a business plan. I didn't have a business plan, but I, you know, I had structured my business though. So like I had did all the proper filings to, um, you know, to structure the business and and, and do all those things. So, you know, I definitely, I wasn't like truly like out here floundering, like, okay, what am I doing? So there, there, there was some, you know, some structure going on there. Um, But I I, talk about what structure you did have, because uh, again, this podcast is for people who really may just have a concept right now. Yeah. So, yeah. So So when it came to like business formation and so making sure that, um, you know, I, you know, whether you're going to be a corporation or an LLC, like I, I did that I th- when I had the idea in like August, I had started uh, in September doing the proper filings with DC to make okay. sure that it was going to be a legally sound business, okay. um, you know, researching what, what it would require to, um, to run an, an online business, like what taxes would I need to do? Like I had to figure that out, mm-hmm. um, and setting up the structure of the website. So I did all of that, um, you know, privacy terms, um, terms and conditions. I did all of, all of that, like legwork to, okay. to start the business. So you, that was helpful. An attorney or an accountant for that part, for the business structure. That um, you can use an attorney for that. Um, and and I will say, because I part of the work that I was doing, even though it was in healthcare, like part of what mm-hmm. I was doing was exactly that. But on the healthcare side, mm-hmm. working with small healthcare companies, um, whether we were acquiring other practices or, or medical practices and all that, that was part of it. A huge part of it was the legal structure of the company. So I was familiar with that. So that was, I will say for sure, that was helpful Okay. And me being able to get started. Okay. Now I do think there is some credibility there um, because I didn't have an experience in retail. I did not have experience in beauty. Mm-hmm. I approached it as a consumer. You know, what did I want to see? So I knew from an experience perspective. I knew mm-hmm. from you know, you know, visually what. I would want to see, but Mm -hmm. the, you know, the retail business, the beauty business, I learned that along the way and learning along the way. Um, And being an attorney for sure did not help me in that. So it definitely was um, 
really, yeah, just like always continuing to like research and sometimes not finding out things until like something goes wrong. It's like, oh, okay, <laughs> I missed that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's been a lot of on the job training. <laughs> So what about um, any financial challenges? So going into this, you've done the legwork for um, establishing wow. business structure, working with... <laughs> All right. Tell me more. <laughs> no. So listen, I'm still working full time. So that says a lot, right? Yeah. I bootstrapped the business, which is um, I'm in I'm in the same boats, unfortunately, as a lot of um, us Black women where we are we are we almost outnumber where it comes to starting businesses and, but for, you know, access to capital is, you know, why a lot of our businesses don't succeed. Yep. And, you know, fortunately, and I always say like right now, like this is my retirement plan. Like my retirement plan was investing in this business. Okay. And which is why like, I'm so passionate about it because like it has to work. Like there is no option for this not to work because it has to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been bootstrapping from the beginning. And I think, no, when COVID hit, that definitely, mm-hmm. that was truly a setback because there was definitely some momentum um, going into, because when COVID start with the beginning of COVID that was going into the second year of the physical location. So there was definitely some momentum after that first year, uh, you know, a lot of excitement, all of that. And so COVID, it just, you know, it was like an an abrupt stop to everything. Um, Now coming, I mean, we're still in it, but you know, we're outside obviously. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's the business is now able, you know, to be open, but it really didn't like open open until like January, February of this year to 2022. So it's like two years of the business, not, not operating at an optimal level. Okay. And so into that, those initial months and years of being an online business. Did you? Oh, for sure. Yes, for sure. I'm so happy that um, I did start online because, you know, there's customers now I, I can remember, I mean, have been with the business from like year one, year two. Mm-hmm. And so the good thing is even when I opened the physical location still was nurturing those customers that were not in the DMV, that were not close to the store, that yeah. still to this day have never been to the store. That was an, that was really important because the online part of the business is what sustained the business and Mm -hmm. still gave me some hope that, you know, after the pandemic or, you know, when we have some semblance of a normal life that the business can still work. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and like now I almost feel like the business really started over again. So it's, it's like almost like phase one of the business and now is really like a phase two. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, I'm still, I'm still more like heavily invested, obviously. Um, now I do apply for like more grants and outside funding, but it's definitely one of the biggest challenges for sure. How was it for that two years? I know people who are not in the DC metropolitan area don't know, but that downtown area where your, where your physical space is located, Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. 
prime real estate. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine what it would be like to continue paying rent monthly when oh. you're open. Oh gosh. <laughs> Um, that it was hard. And so I, I mentioned that I had a business partner. So I had a business partner at the time. So we split, we were splitting the rent, even though we were splitting the rent, it still was, um, like if you, if your store is closed, <laughs> um, and you know, revenue dipped down, I think at, at one point it, it had dipped down about 70%. And that's when, like, no one was really shopping obviously for a couple of months, even though the online store was there, it, you know, it did people started to like, okay, I'm in a house. I do need certain things. They started to buy, but initially no one was shopping. So, you know, having rent due and you literally have no revenue coming in. It was scary. It it was deaf. It was scary. Um, and initially, you know, when all the PPP loans came out initially, like I, I didn't get any of it. Hmm. So, it was like, okay, um, what the heck? And and initially, the landlords, you know, some people were getting um, their rent deferred, all of it. Initially, a landlord did not do that. So it was like, okay, well, you can you can um, pay June late, but then um, we'll just add it to like September or something like that. It was mm-hmm. like that. That wasn't a relief <laughs> because. Right. It, it, we were still in the pandemic. And so like now the, the, the rent actually ends up being more. So mm-hmm. it, it took a while. I don't think you know, we were able then to you're going to start making money again. Yes. So that, that's, that's frightening because you really would have, could have possibly had to make some decisions, not mm-hmm. knowing whether you were going to ever bounce back. Oh, for sure. Just for sure. Yeah. It, it, de- it definitely was scary. And I would say like where the store is located Prior to COVID, there were, it was one, two, three, four. It was about four Black-owned businesses, like, right on this Connecticut Avenue corridor. Okay. Um, Today, I'm the only business that is there. There is now, um, there's another, there's another um, business. She just opened about a couple months ago, like, uh, a new black owned business, but the businesses that were there when, you know, before COVID are mm-hmm. not there anymore. Outside of the other businesses, you know, they aren't there either, but like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's been, it's been a road. Yeah. Yeah. So is there anything, I guess I wouldn't say that you could have done differently. I, I it's already, a great benefit to you that you did start out with the online space because, Mm -hmm. you know, selling online, because these days people will try to convince you not to open the physical space because you can be so, so successful direct to consumer and, um, you know, just Mm -hmm. be very visible online. And so that, I mean, that really was your saving grace in a nutshell, Mm -hmm. essentially. Is there anything you would do differently? I would say, um, I definitely would have continued to work full time. I would not have taken a break. I would have figured out how to how to make it happen. Okay. Um, I would not have done that because um, I think outside of you know, if I think about like the biggest stressors for me in the past mm-hmm. five months and financially, mm-hmm. like that has been the biggest stressor. Um, and I also think that, and, and I had this, this 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 aha moment because I think a lot of times people think of like entrepreneurs and it's like, oh, it's so great. You know, you're not working a nine to five. You're like working for yourself. And like, 
it's it, it, it a lot. And I think a lot of people don't talk about this enough. There are so many entrepreneurs that you might see that probably are way far farther in the game than I am um, that took a while to leave their job. Yeah. But we make it seem like you have to leave your job in like a year or two years. But the reality is it takes years for many businesses to even become profitable. And sometimes profitable, that might not mean that you're paying yourself. It might mean that like you have a whole staff because you're always Mm -hmm. the last that, you know, you're always the last to get paid. So like it, it might mean that everything's running and you have these employees, but are you able to pay yourself the salary? You know, if you were making a certain amount of money before, are you able to pay yourself that salary? Because <laughs> that's, I mean, like, that's a question. Yeah. Um, so I, I for sure um, wish that I would have, you know, continued to work continuously th- throughout the business um, because I, I, it's, it's, it's important as much as you can, um, you know, having a direct deposit hit every two weeks or every week or twice a week is nothing like that. It's nothing like having health benefits, okay? (laughs) You need health benefits. And if you're able to do that, then you have to look at your your job as an investor. Like they're the first investors in in your business. And like, and that's what I had to do. I had that, I had that aha moment where I was like, listen, I'm gonna have to go back to work. Like this is like, I love what I'm doing and I love it so much. I'm going to do what's necessary and what's necessary for me is, yes, I'm going to have to work full time and I'm going to be working this business full time and we're going to figure it out. Yeah. I like that you say that. Um, like I said, I did not know that until coordinating this podcast, researching, looking at your website and things like that. I did. Um, I thought that you were working exclusively out of the boutique, but it's even better for this conversation now because I like to hear these success stories or just stories of Mm -hmm. of, of finding balance Mm -hmm. in the work that you do full time, but having your business also be fulfilling, you know, Mm -hmm. is on a different part of your identity. It lets you explore a passion and you can be just as fulfilled or just as happily, just as happy doing that on the Mm -hmm. side. Yep. As you maintain your full time job. Now, I'm an advocate of entrepreneurship, but I'm an advocate of entrepreneurship in a way that um, brings you joy and brings you fulfillment. And yeah. if you're searching for a traditional nine to five and you have now advanced to long term unemployment and this isn't happening for you in the in the, in the traditional nine to five space, mm-hmm. then look to your skills and talents. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, feel free to continue to look for the nine to five. But also take advantage of your skill of your skill set to mm-hmm. explore other options. So that's that's where um, that's where I stand with regard mm-hmm. to entrepreneurship. It's however you see fit, however mm-hmm. it adds value to your life without you being overwhelmed and mm-hmm. being and relieving stress when it can. If what's happening, if um, your your traditional job hunt isn't working out. So mm-hmm. I like I'm glad that you say that, because what we see on the internet, what we see in social media is, you know, this hustle culture, we see, um, you know, I'll sleep, uh, I'll sleep when I'm dead, you know, (laughs) that kind of thing. I'm going to, I I do not subscribe to that. Not, not, never have I ever, never will I (laughs) subscribe to that. And then they're also painting unrealistic pictures of what entrepreneurship looks like. You have people 
representing this very luxurious lifestyle and you know you're already rich with your business you have, you're successful with your business and that isn't always the case either so i like what you're telling me i like the truth and the honesty that you're sharing about your process and yeah. needing to have that full-time paycheck coming in yeah. <laughs> while you explore your passion so thank you for that thank you for that candor yeah you are welcome i i mean i en- enjoyed it just being transparent um because i i think is it's, it's what i want to hear you know and, and as i sit on the phone i have you know other you know girlfriends of mine who are you know also running businesses um our attorneys too <laughs> and you know and we talk about this and it's like mm-hmm. we have to we have to keep it real with each other like we understand it and it's it, it feels good because it, it feels it feels good to know that you're not alone in something and there's other people that need to know this too you know like why are we out here glorifying like burnout when you know i'm trying to be here you know as long as i can i don't want it to stress to be something that takes me out all because i'm trying to hustle for this because you think i should hustle or because you think i need to uh not get sleep or rest or or take time off or turn my phone off or do whatever it is because that is what a hustler does and i'm like if that's what a hustler does and i'm definitely not a hustler like that is not how it you know that's just not how i operate i don't operate even at my best self when i'm most productive is you know when i'm rested (laughs) you know um so i i am definitely one i'm a a huge proponent of um you know resting your body in your mind. <laughs> yeah, definitely need more realistic yes. examples of yes. entrepreneurship yes. and more examples of, again, still maintaining a traditional nine to five while you explore your passion in this way. Yeah. And realistic expectations of what your business is going to do for you. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's all different types of businesses. There are certain businesses that, you know, may become profitable within a year. So it's not like a like a never say never, um, Mm -hmm. but it's almost like, like, what are your end goals? And so for me, I knew coming in, you know, retail is an interesting business because it's all about volume. And with um, a small business, you like, you have to grow to, you know, build awareness, do do these things so that, you know, your customer base continues to grow and, and all this stuff. And so for me, like, I know that this is a long game. Um, and that is something that I have to be prepared for. And so, if, like, like I told you, like, this is what I'm investing in, right, for my future. Mm-hmm. So with that, I have to have that long game in mind. So, mm-hmm. yes, along the way, I do have some wins that I can, you know, I can I can celebrate, I can be happy about. And I can that gives me signs that, like, I'm on the right path mm-hmm. for it to be X. Um, but I, I know that I have to be patient with what I'm doing. Um, and it's not going to be an overnight success. And I'm battling with everything, battling with a whole pandemic, battling with, you know, uh, a business partner, like that, that relationship ending and, and starting over again by yourself. Like mm-hmm. all these things are happening in real time yeah. while I'm continuing to grow the business. And from the customer perspective, them continue to have a seamless experience. Yeah. So what's next? What's next for Marjani? 
So what's next is that um, I am trying to expand um, my physical and digital footprint. And so what that means is, you know, digitally, um, I, I'm trying to figure out how to grow the online part of the business um, and to reach more customers. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, you know, outside of just like marketing, getting customers that way. But like, how can I partner with um, other businesses, other larger businesses and figuring out, um, you know, how to share this curation that I've been working on that I continue to work on. Um, so that's something that I am um, looking to do. Um, and physically, again, um, you know, trying to figure out like what makes sense as far as like partnering with larger organizations. And so I don't know if I, it would be a standalone, but it, it might be something where you you would see Marjani inside of another store or something. So um, that is the next step. Um, and then also getting into um, producing into product development. So producing my own products, um, you know, as a retailer, that is one of the things that's really important, um, as you start to expand. So you see a lot of, a lot of retailers do that, like as far Mm -hmm. as like private labeling or or developing their own products. And so now I am jumping into that pool. And so within the next six months, um, I'll have my first round of products, um, that will be launching. Um, so yeah, that is, What's next? Yes. Like that is exciting. I will say like, you know, when we're talking about doing something that, you know, that you enjoy, that's, um, you know, it, this, I, I'm excited about what is to come. I'm, I'm excited about what I'm doing. Um, it, it's, it, it, it is fun. Like it's, yes, it's stressful, but like, I genuinely love what I'm doing. Um, and, starting something from scratch, you know, whether it be the store or now this whole product, it's, um, it, it's exciting. Have you been able to weave? I know you are also a travel enthusiast. Have you been able to weave any of the travel, any, um, international products? I, yeah, I am. Um, so I am going to slowly get back into traveling. And <laughs> that was one of the things I used to love to do, which is why, again, like, reinforcing girl you need to go back to work because listen <laughs> i am i am not 24 where i can like sleep on couches or do or do mm-hmm. anything like that like now mm-hmm. i am of a mature age where it's like okay i guess i still have to like live life at yeah. the same time right and so traveling is like one of the things i enjoy so yes i'm going to get back to traveling um the, the line that I'm coming out is a body care line and it okay. is inspired um, by the African diaspora. So okay. a lot of the main, like the main hero ingredients, um, I am sourcing directly from there. So um, this fall, I'll be going over there um, because I'm working with a lab that is developing um, like two of the products. Wow. So, yeah. So like that'll be part of my upcoming travels. And um, and and being able to visit, you know, the source of where a lot of these amazing products and ingredients are being made. So I am excited because I will be able to weave like my love of travel now with the business. Um, and yeah, it seems like it's coming full circle, really. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's exciting. So we talked about the It's Me approach earlier, but um, kind of jumped into the entrepreneurship story. So would you mm-hmm. say that, um, so that's something about you or about your past that really, like you said, brings all of this full circle. That's the thing from your past that drives the work that you do today and ultimately what you want to do with the brand and um, with the boutique in the future? Um, I would say like, for me, I, when I, Growing up, um, my mom, uh, so my mom was a single parent and when she worked a traditional like nine to five for a, a long time, but then at a certain point she ran her own business and my grandmother from as long as I could remember always had her own business. So it's mm-hmm. something that I saw and, and I saw, um, you know, I saw them just living independent in the sense of live like making decisions for themselves and mm-hmm. um being independent from someone else determining like what their future was you know mm-hmm. raising families off of you know the work that they were putting into their businesses yeah and i don't know if i knew exactly like that was going to be my path Two at the same time, but of course, a lot of times you don't realize things until you're an adult, and then you like yeah. you start to look back, and you're like, yeah. "Oh, okay, I see why this." Although it was, it seems crazy, it wasn't that crazy, you know. Yeah. So when I remember when I told my mom, like I literally remember when I walked out that store, and I had the idea of this business. I immediately called her. I was like, "Okay, so look, this is what I'm thinking about doing." Like, and she already knew like what was going on with me like at, at work and everything and she was like well listen like whatever it is you're trying to do I got you let me know what you need you know this that and the third and so that was like and so now I'm thinking about that like okay so that was my support right there like not even knowing exactly what this was going to be I had her saying like okay look what do you need from me what you need to do you know I got you whatever is good whatever and so yeah. having that level of support, I will say, um, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, like, this is why I'm able to do what I'm doing. This is why I was able to not work for a long period of time. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is why I'm able, like, if I have this new, like, okay, how does the business, how can we grow? I need to do this for it to grow. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, let's do this. Like, are, you know, so I definitely think, um, having the support and then seeing, you know, women directly um, be entrepreneurs has definitely made an impression upon me. Absolutely. To see realistic examples Mm -hmm. of entrepreneurship and and the good as well as the bad, you know, the ups and the downs, the hardship, the recovery, to see you can see this through, you can ride this out, that it's going to ebb and flow, but Mm -hmm. Can still be successful. Yeah, and that's what I'm trying right. to do now. Tell if the, if yeah. things start to yeah. you know, look a little difficult because they help they don't see those examples of mm-hmm. getting to the other side. Yeah, because it yeah. does it does get difficult sometimes, and sometimes it gets difficult, but then right around the corner, it just gets better again. Right. Um, and then so I do know for me, like that drive, you know, I want to I want to be an entrepreneur to the next level. Like I want to do more than they did. So. Yes, they were able to like raise their families. They were able to help out family members. 
Um, but for me, I want to take it to the next level of entrepreneurship of like this company being successful, not just for me and my immediate family, but, you know, an entire staff and, um, I don't have kids, but like, you know, I still have younger siblings. I still have, you know, family that I want to support and, Mm -hmm. you know, generations that I want to benefit from what I'm doing. And so, that's I know what's in my mind now is like okay they did this like now I need to do it better and bigger than they did well do you feel like you adequately represent the brand that your your skill set both as an attorney but then also being in business for the past five years um you know researching brands all that do you feel like you adequately represent the brand and represent cosmetics and beauty now I, I do yes and 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 yes there's like there's always something to learn like I learn something every day um like it's funny like I was reading something the other day um it was about like some type of it, like chemical or something like that and I was like oh mm-hmm. shoot I didn't know this and like I had to like call the chemist and like ask some questions or whatever so like I literally am learning still every single day mm-hmm. but I for sure, I am confident that um, I represent what Marjani is um, yeah. and what I intended for it to be. Um, and as it continues to grow, it continues to grow into the idea I had in my mind. Um, but I also hope that it surprises me and um, it becomes more than even whatever thought I had, I hope it continues to to surprise me because it does do that sometimes where I'm doing, I catch myself doing something. I'm like, I can't believe I'm doing this. (laughs) Like I would not like, yeah, I wanted to start this business, but like, what the heck? How'd I get here? Yeah. But I (laughs) Um, love seeing it. (laughs) Yeah. So there's like, we love seeing it. Yeah. It's like pleasant surprises and like, it just, it never gets, you know, because even sometimes like, you know, you know, sometimes when, when you're working on something, and you know you're whether you're just doodling away on your computer or something like that or sometimes if I am in the store and I'm like putting inventory away and I'm there by myself I never know what is going on with like the other end of it like how customers feel so whenever a customer comes in or you know shares a good review I'm just like oh my god Mm -hmm. because I'm still so like I'm this is still like my personal baby Um, And even as I get, you know, as I have people that are starting to grow the team, starting to get people to help and like and and hire and all that kind of stuff, it's I'm still very um, I'm still very hands on. So it just always surprises me like, okay, like you get it, like you get like this is exactly what I was trying to do. Like you totally get why I'm doing this. Um, So that that always And we're impressed. I don't know if you hear that enough, but truly impressed because, I mean, an attorney, but then also business owner having the physical space in downtown D.C. to talk to you. You don't even you you I don't think you we even talked about what you do, you know, seeing you in person and over dinner and drinks. Mm -hmm. You didn't mention what you did at all. I didn't realize who I was talking to until after I left. And I'm thinking, she did look familiar. Yeah, <laughs> I remember her now. Yeah, That's so I, I appreciate that too because again, it just makes it all tangible. You know, mm-hmm. it, just, it just makes you that much more relatable. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, girl, listen, we are all out here trying to do what we love or hopefully we're able to do what we love and, um, you know, like just enjoy life and, uh, that's it. So where can people find you? First, I, yes. I want to say I'm excited about your line coming up. So do you yes. have a newsletter? Is there anything you're going to be yes. dripping information? Share all the details. Where can For people Sure. So uh, the website is marjanibeauty.com and that's spelled M-A-R-J-A-N-I beauty.com. And when you go onto the website, there is... Um, there's a pop-up for you to sign up to the newsletter and, um, all of the subscribers get all of the tea first. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So like the, the, the product line, all of that information is going to come via the newsletter first. Um, and the store is located, um, at 1365 Connecticut Avenue, Northwest Suite 100, um, and we're open Thursday through Saturdays, 12 to 6, and Sundays, 12 to 4. And, um, of course, follow follow me on Instagram at marjanibeauty.co. Um, so I'm excited for this, yeah. this fall holiday, um, you know, getting more people back in the store. And we have events at the store, too. So... Um, I'm already putting on the calendar. There's some small businesses, some local businesses that will be doing pop-ups at the store. So like, that's definitely something just follow Instagram so you can stay up to date on, you know, who's going to be popping up and what type of events we're going to be having this this winter season. Beautiful. All right. Well, I also want to get people back into your store. I talked to you about doing a giveaway. I would love to do yes. a $50 gift card or some type of bundle. You and I can work out the details. Of, yes, that's um, fun. That's fun. Yeah. So yeah, like whatever you think, like either a bundle or even... Um, yeah, we'll, we'll 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 talk about that because we also do makeup too. So like we could okay. that would be something a little little fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Plus, I'm cute together. Well, this has been a delightful conversation. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Yeah, yeah. You're 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 always a good time. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. Is there anything anything you want to leave people with? Anything motivational, inspirational, suggestions, tips as they pursue entrepreneurship themselves? Any closing remarks? Anything you want to tell the people before we go? Um, I just say, you know, if you have an idea and something has been, um, you know, on your heart, just go for it and do it. Um, there's nothing worse than, you know, having an idea and like three, four years later, you see someone else that like had the same idea. And if you would have just gotten started, um, just think of just how far you would be. So that's always my thing. Just get started on whatever it is. Um, and, you know, sometimes you have to limit um, who you share that with because um, mm-hmm. you can have a lot of influences where they might, you know, dissuade you from starting something. Um, so just when you are thinking about entrepreneurship, just um, you definitely need a village, 
but just choose your your village wisely because they can it can be the best for you having people that support you um and that will just give you the real um and make things really transparent about what it really takes to you know run a business day in and day out but the first thing is you just have to get started just do it absolutely beautiful beautifully done beautifully said nice all right mcs and majani followers if you don't already follow me on instagram now the time i'm giving one lucky follower 50 dollars to shop the marjani store follow me now on instagram at it's marcia cork and then message me with the hashtag marjani beauty to enter enter by midnight thursday september 22nd and i'll dm the winner on friday september 23rd And don't forget to follow the podcast now so you don't miss Kimberly's episodes. That's ooh, those effing C words. Listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or iHeartRadio right now. Thanks for following.